Hello and welcome to today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. In today's episode, we have a great interview lined up for you. Have you ever heard of How to Money? Well, if you haven't, then now you have, and you need to make sure to go check out their podcast. I have co-hosts Matt and Joel on today's episode talking about talking about money and some of the things they've learned. We're going to talk about some of the things they've learned in their time talking about money, how they've seen their money conversations change, some of the things they've learned, and talking about money in a marriage. They're also going to share some ways to go out and get a money conversation started. There's a lot of great things that you're going to be able to take away from today's episode. So be sure to share with a friend and have a money talk because that's what the whole episode today is about. The money talking points for today's episode are why is it important that everyone talks about money? And two, what financial topic is on your mind that you would like to talk about? And of course, with that second one, go out and have a conversation about that topic. It's going to be a great episode today. We're going to dive right into the interview after today's introduction. But with the money talking points in mind, let's get right into today's episode. You know, we don't talk about money enough. It's a topic that gets ignored for some reason, even though it plays a role in everyone's day-to-day life. This issue is what brought Money Talk with Skylar Fleming to reality. I know you're probably busy and don't have time to research and learn about all the things that go into personal finance, but that's where this podcast, Money Talk with Skylar Fleming, comes into play. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. I'm here to do the research and learn about all the things that go into personal finance. The goal is to simply get us talking about money, so let's get talking. Welcome to today's interview. I'm really excited for this one. I have Matt and Joel from How to Money, which is a very, very big personal finance podcast. I know I've been listening for years, so I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard of them before. But uh, Joel, would you go ahead and introduce yourself for everyone? Hey, I'm Joel, uh, co-host of the How to Money podcast, and I've been a personal finance nerd for many, many years. So uh, to get to nerd out with you, Skylar, is a is a joy. Yeah, we're really excited for this one. I'm super pumped. Matt, how about you? How, how did everyone get to know you? That's right. Yeah, my name is Matt Altmix. Joel and I, we started the podcast originally, Poor Not Poor. Uh, so coming up, I guess we're getting close to six years. So as an individual, just nerded out on personal finances out of necessity, starting my own business and finding a need to initially budget because we weren't making any money. But then over time, they start to make a little bit more, have more more of an ability to spend your money. But uh, but yeah, Joel and I started the, the podcast both out of a love for personal finances and achieving some of those goals that we had. Awesome. Yeah, that is a long time, six, seven years that you guys are going on. That's crazy. You've been talking about it for a very long time. And I think the thing that's fun for me to listen to all these other podcasts is it's very often, like you said, just a, a passion that you dove into. It's something you learned and just had to out of necessity, figure out now you're sharing and talking with everybody. Why do you guys think it's important for everyone to talk about money or listen to people talk about money too? Ooh, I think the less we talk about it, the the more it gets the better. Sw- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Oh, the, okay, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, well, the more we sweep it under the rug, the make more we make it this taboo thing. The more people feel tend to feel shame uh, about their ignorance on such an important important topic. And the thing is, like. Be, you weren't taught about money in all likelihood, definitely not through the school system, although more and more school systems are starting to make it man- a personal finance class in in high school mandatory, which we think is great. And you also likely weren't taught 
via your parents. And so if nobody taught you anything about it, you probably shouldn't feel like a complete buffoon that you don't know anything about money, right? And and so that's why people should listen to podcasts like this one, right? So that they're able to get that education uh, and be self-taught. But the more we kind of make it this, oh, we can't talk about that. Oh man, don't don't talk about religion, sex, or money. As long as money stays within that triumvirate of things that you're not allowed to talk about, it's it's going to continue to cause people shame um, when they when they start to think about how little they actually know. And shame isn't really helpful in moving the ball forward. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, what are your thoughts about having everyone talk about money? Why do you think? Because I think the education is an important part of it. But what else do you think about why it's important sure. to talk about money? Yeah, just to normalize it. Right. So the, the, the more of an ability we have to, to talk about something and then folks start to see their need to learn more about how it is that they should handle their money. Right. Regardless of where you live, what, I mean, globally, like money, it's the medium of exchange. Right. <laughs> and so the ability for us to then learn how it is that we're going to that we can handle our personal finances in a, in a better way is going to, like I was sort of saying, allow us to achieve not more larger sums of money, but the ability to achieve some of those different personal goals that we might have. And and that's what's so awesome about it too, is it can, the different goals that we, that we strive after, they can vary as much as the individual. And and I think that's what's really, what's so cool about it. Like we kind of talk about it from a foundational standpoint, the, the kind of the nuts and bolts, but then beyond that, it can look like whatever it is that you want it to look like. Yeah. I love that money is such a unique thing. And one of the common sayings I've been adding to my vocabulary is that money is more than just math. Because if it was math, it's we could just calculate it all out. We'd have it all yep. figured out. Like If we were if, robots and it was just math, heck, we, we're out of a job tomorrow, right? So, yeah, exactly. um, but, but there's human emotions, right? There's so much, so much else involved when, uh, you know, in those money conversations and in the way that we process it. And we're, it's, it is relational. It is um, emotional and has all of these other unique qualities. And so, yeah, when, when we talk about money, when you talk about money, you got to kind of incorporate all of those things into the conversation. It can't just be like two plus two equals four because people are like, yeah, I get that part of it. <laughs> it's, it's all those other parts that I have a hard time with. Yeah. There's so much, so much more to it. And I think we're finally, the conversations coming around to those other aspects lately than the last couple of years, it's really been like progressing to the point where money isn't the end. It's a tool sort of thing. Those conversations yep are doing great but how have you guys in your time doing the podcast seen money like evolve your money conversations evolve from the beginning till now i would say so i mean on the show we started out like sort of like i was saying kind of talking about the basics like the nuts and bolts and then over time you're able to dive into more of the nuance of personal finance but then i would say personally as well i mean as you grow as an individual, not only as a person and individual, but as your net worth grows as well, there's a shift in focus on what it is that you should be focusing on from a, like in, in early on, it was all about how do you, <laughs> I think a lot of our focus was how, this is why we, we got to be considered cheap, I think by some folks, because our focus was on saving every penny, every last penny, how it, can you earn? And it's still, it's certainly a great thing to maximize your income. Um, but once you do start doing that for a number of years, you start to see your net worth grow in a significant way. And I think it's a really important practice to start thinking through some different ways that you can intentionally spend your money and not just focusing on the other side of the equation, which is acquiring and growing your net worth as much as possible. But then how can you allow this money to 
fund the life that you want to live? Like, how can you use these funds to design the lifestyle for you to create the kind of days that you want, like day in, day out, like Monday through Friday, like the weekends as well, not just the weekends, but just on a, just from the, from a date, like, what do you want your job to look like? Like, what kind of work are you doing? Are you stressed at work? The ability to say, you know what? Uh, it's okay. Maybe I do want to jump on that project. Let's pursue that for the next couple of years. But then after that, the ability to say, ah, I want to be able to spend some more time doing whatever passion project that I've got lined up or, oh man, my kids, oh, they, I've only got, I've got four kids at home. I've only got 15 more years before I'm an empty nester, which is crazy to even think about, but I'm looking ahead. And that informs some of my decisions today. Not all my decisions, but it certainly helps to put some things in perspective. And so I think the ability to shift over time, it's, it's helpful on a personal level. It's, it's, it's happened with Joel and I on the show. Um, but I think everybody also needs to do that, where they kind of start thinking about not just what have they been doing, but what do they need to be doing in the future. Matt's all about that foie gras and caviar lifestyle now. That's how he's oh, yeah. really using his money. He's just not upfront about it anymore. Matt, you should really tell people about that. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I do. I do think Matt's right. Like the the conversation shifts in so many ways towards towards time and what your ideal ideal life looks like. So in those first years, uh, especially when you're kind of just getting started, you're you're taking in so much information on personal finances because you got to drink from a fire hose because you haven't been taught it for the first you know twenty whatever years of your life, and so you're like. You're trying to take in all this information. You're like, okay, I have to be frugal as I'll get out. I have to throw, throw more money into these tax advantaged retirement accounts. I've got to build up a little bit of a savings nest egg over here too. And you're really just, you're kind of, uh, you know, for Matt and I, we're buying rental properties too as a way to kind of grow our net worth and grow our cash flow. And so that's what we're focused on in the beginning. But the further along you get, Matt and I are, you know, Matt's Matt's over 40 now. Uh, me, I'm getting close. Oh, yeah. uh, and so the the longer you've been doing it, the more you're like, wait a second, that thing they told us about compounding returns is actually happening. Like it's happening to us, as opposed to this just concept that you that you know exists in your brain. Now you're looking at the the numbers every year, and you're like, holy crap! Like I made an, more in the stock market than I made in in a you know in a year than I can than I can make. Well, we're not quite to that level yet. <laughs> then then we can make in a year. You, like you start to get to the point where you're like, oh my goodness, the money is actually working for me as people said it would. And, and then you're, you're instead of as long as you can keep your goalposts in line where you're not looking to, you know, buy a lake house and a boat and you're like, I'm really content with my lifestyle and with kind of my current, the possessions I have, well, then I can start thinking about what I want my ideal life to look like, what I want my weeks to look like. And, and hopefully you're thinking about that all along the way. It's just in the beginning, you're willing to sacrifice a lot of things to get the ball rolling. And once that ball's rolling, once that snowball's rolling downhill, you just have a lot more optionality. And so I think that's what Matt and I, a lot of our conversations tend toward is like, cool, like half day Fridays, that's a good start. Um, what? How else can we in, in, in essentially work less, even though we love what we do, so that we can, I don't know, be, do more hikes or do more bike rides or do more um, day dates with our wives, those kind of things. Like those are the things we care more about as opposed to, Growing the nest egg into you know uh, Warren Buffett levels of wealth, so that we can, I don't know what would, I don't even know what I do with it. <laughs> so that's yeah. why that's not my goal. But I guess our yeah our conversations air they, they kind of are more about time and lifestyle now than they are about like specific investing and savings con- saving concerns. Yeah, I think that's something that is really promising and hopeful for a lot of people because. Some people are writing that nuts and bolts where their snowball's starting out as a debt snowball because they're paying off right. all their credit card debt and things like that. But 
you referenced a snowball of your wealth growing and compounding. So the snowball gets to turn to something like fun that you get to keep rolling with. So really, if you're in the nuts and bolts stages, which is, I think, where a lot of podcasts and things and those conversations can start because you you got to learn those basics. But like you guys are talking about now, your goals, and I think I'm sure your podcast episodes reflect those, but the conversations you get to have now about the fun things you want to do, the long-term retirement things of, do you want to be doing this at 50 and those sort of things. I think everybody should find hope if you're in that beginning stage that your conversations are going to get there if you keep making those small steps. Totally. And, and I'll, I'll add something, Skylar, is the ability to become so preoccupied and obsessed with the nuts and bolts. There's a, there's a lot of folks who they, they realize they're like, holy crap. Okay, so I've heard people talk about negative net worth before. I've got a negative 20,000 net worth and they kind of freak out. And so that's when they, they turn to Dave Ramsey. They, that's, that's when they're removing and to a certain, they're, they're removing everything from their life. That's not an essential. And to a certain extent, I love that. But one of the, I mean, from the beginning, I mean, originally when we called the, the podcast poor, not poor, a big part of the philosophy behind that was that we were trying to find a way to balance living life in the here and now in a way that sort of gives yourself a break. Like it's almost like a little, it's a little splurge in the moment. It's a treat, but something that kind of gives you a taste of what's to come. That way it's not all work and no play that makes us dull boys kind of thing where we have sort of the hope that, you know, we're dangling the carrot out there in front of us and the ability for us to keep that in within our sights, I think is really important. And for us, that's why even craft beer, I mean, these days we, we can spend $20, $30 on a, on a nicer single bottle of beer, which I think for some, a lot of folks is insane. But early on, we weren't often buying those really, really nice bottles. We're buying like, you know, spending maybe 10 bucks on a six pack, that kind of thing. Now with inflation and everything, it's like $16 for a four pack. Right. Um, but the ability to just a little bit and maybe we'd have one of those nicer beers, certainly while we recorded an episode. But aside from that, maybe like once a week. But I think for the for the individual to find what it is that helps to remind them, that helps ground them to the thing that they're striving after, as opposed to saying, I'm going to deprive myself of all earthly joys for the next 20 years. And maybe then I'll, I'll kind of loosen, you know, yeah. loosen the belt a little bit. I that, think that's that, really important. That monk like existence, that nose to the grindstone lifestyle can only get you so far. Mm -hmm. And at some point you just throw in the towel because <laughs> you're like, <laughs> we really should have called the, po the podcast monastic money. We should yeah. have. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's our spinoff. We, we, yeah, yeah, we, you guys need to read the opportunity. Right now. Six <laughs> years later, change it all up. Yes. We just announced it right here with Skylar. There we go. Breaking news. That'll be the headline for this episode. <laughs> How to money rebrands. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was really insightful of how your conversations change. People need to have hope. And I think Matt, what you were getting at is make sure there's something there to keep you going because you're not, yeah. you're not living that, like putting everything, living under a rock kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it a little bit and let that stuff yeah. go. Well, I, and that's the thing. I mean, and Folks kind of take different approaches to this, but I think one of the issues with that is sometimes by the time you get to that point that you think you have enough, you've lost a lot along the way. So whether we're talking about physical health, whether we're talking about social health, right? We're talking like if all you do is work, do you have friends? Does your family want to hang out with you? Yeah. Do you actually have any interests anymore outside of work? And it's hard to completely on a dime flip a switch and say, okay, no, I think I'm going to become 
a golfer now. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, I guess have fun golfing by yourself because it's not something you've fostered along the way. That's 100% true. I saw uh, one of this, somebody who came on our show, Cody Sanchez, love her. She's super smart when it comes to business building. She tweeted out yesterday something that I thought was really dumb. And it was basically like that hobbies are for losers. Like, why why would anyone want to have a hobby? Why not just enjoy your work and then just work um, till, you know, your fingers fall off? And I was like, that's insane. Like, work, I love my (laughs) job. Like, Matt and I love our job. You, if, if, if we got a massive pay cut, it wouldn't, we'd be okay continuing to do this because this is what we love. Like, and we would probably, and this is what I tell everyone who starts a podcast, make sure you care about like the subject matter and you want to do this so much where that if you didn't even get paid, you would, you would probably still do it. Right. Granted, it would, it would change things up, but like it's, um, yes, I love, I love this work so much. Um, but at the same time, I want, I need other hobbies. I need other things that energize me. And so it's a, it's a really weird take from Cody. And I think you have to be building those along the way. One of our friends, Wes Moss, he talks about how the people in retirement who are the happiest have other what he calls core pursuits, which are kind of like hobbies on steroids. And it's really hard to go from zero hobbies, which is what so many people do. They're working 50 plus hours a week. They don't have any real hobbies that they love. Like Skylar, we talked before we hopped on here, you went for a 37 mile bike ride this weekend. That's a hobby on steroids, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have three of those, you're going to be really happy when you reach retirement age. But most people, they get to retirement age and they're like, I have no idea what to do now. I've been waiting for this day. I've been so psyched because I knew that the world was my oyster. But now I don't have any idea what to do with myself. And they waste away quickly because they don't have any real purpose or vision or mission for their life. And that's the saddest thing to me. And you have to be dialing that in all along the way through your working years, which means hobbies, community, family, other people. (laughs) And so um, those are things that are kind of outside the realm of money that we talk about on the show, but they very much have to do with money as well. Because if you're working for more money, to have this like posh retirement, but you're not focused on what actually matters in life in the here and now too, you're, you're going to miss out and your, li- and your retirement lifestyle isn't going to be what you're projecting it to be. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a lot of times why folks end up going back to work because why would you not want to continue to yes. do something that you are really good mm-hmm. at? And by the time you get to the point to where you're going to retire, you've, for the most part, there's a lot of folks out there that where you've mastered your industry, you have mastered your craft. And it's tough, like you said, to basically you're just like hitting that reset button on the original Nintendo, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like you are going back to the start screen. And I think that that's what it can feel like for a lot of folks, which yeah. is why Blow it's the cartridge, too. <laughs> you know. yeah. uh, but the I'm... ability. Yeah, all, all of these things resonate and which is it, it are things that we try to like uh, try to point folks towards. But. Yeah, and that's all the that's all the stuff that's beyond the math that we talked about yeah. right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also glad I'm not too young to get your guys' references with the cartridges and stuff. Yeah. So I'll hold on to that. I'll take that as a win. But even with those I take hobbies, that as a win myself, yeah. as, a, as the 40 year old here. There you go. And I think, like you said about the hobbies, Joel, if you're doing them, if you're really passionate about them, it leads you to be able to do some fun things with them. Like I've, I've, this, this podcast is a hobby of mine. It's a passion project. And I've, ta- I've got to talk to you guys, which is awesome. I've got to talk to like, been on uh, stacking Benjamins. So there's a lot of cool things you get to do in that space once you start getting involved. And it just leads to even more and more of a fun time. If you like to do bike rides, then maybe you're slowly training and you never really thought of doing a big race. But then when you're ready to retire, like, hey, let's go on some of these like 100 mile races or longer because you get to see some crazy cool things. So if you're sprinkling that in, you're going to get to a place where your hobby is just 
becoming so much fun and just becoming, it's just really driving you, which is where you get that good transition from work instead of having to hit that reset button. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Loved, love that. That was awesome to hear how your guys' conversations have changed and maybe to give some people some insight on how theirs will change. But I also want to talk about money in a marriage because you guys do episodes every now and then with your wives on the podcast, which are some of my favorite. My wife's my favorite guest to have on. So sorry about that, guys. But <laughs> why is it important to talk about money in a marriage with you guys? Yeah, so I think... Kick it off, Joel. Well, I think it's it's one of those things where when when you get married, right, you're saying, so death do I... Do we part? We've got, we're committing our lives to each other in all of these ways. And um, money is one of these key things that you're typically combining. Not always. Everyone handles money differently in a marriage. Uh, the studies show that when you combine finances, you're more likely to have more satisfaction in your marriage. But, uh, and so that is something we suggest people think long and hard about. But it also gives you this ability then to have and share similar goals and work in the same direction towards those goals. And so I think when we're talking about having money conversations in a marriage, part of the problem when um, it's a topic that is uh, relegated to fights only, <laughs> uh, it, it gives it taints your view of money. When money can have, if you're intentional over time, such a positive impact on your relationship. And that's actually you know, part of my story is my parents fought a lot about money when I was a kid. And I was like, and they had a lot of money issues. My dad got laid off. And it created this, this spiral of difficult money issues in our family. And so I was like, I never want to have money be this source of contention in my marriage. And so part of that was hyper frugality. Um, you know, when I was when I was younger and and funneling more money early on towards savings and investing goals so that so that it wouldn't be too, too long before we could loosen the string, the, the purse strings just a little bit. It's kind of like a teacher at the very beginning of the school. You're being super, mm -hmm. super rigid, and then they can loosen up later on. That was kind of what I wanted. And it's really allowed my wife and I to, to think about money, not just in how frugal can we be, because we had some of those years, but in like, well, what can we do? Like my wife's going back to grad school now. We're paying for it in cash. Um, those kinds of like, what do you want your life to look like? When you're done, you can start your own practice and it doesn't, you don't even necessarily have to have like a, buttload of clients to get started like you can you can work your way up to there you don't necessarily have to go work for somebody else because we're at this place financially where you can lose money for a couple of years how crazy mm -hmm. is that you know um doing the thing that you love and so um but you got to have these conversations and you and part of what's cool having those conversations and having like hey what it that's what uh, some people think that a budget is this restrictive thing well really it's there to help you funnel money towards the things that are most important to you guys as a couple and if you don't have those conversations, typically what's happening is you're spending money in silly ways um, or in ways that you're not even cognizant of that are derailing your progress towards the things that are actually most valuable to you, but you just haven't had the conversation. And so it's really important to have the talks and to kind of get on the same page so that you can be, yeah, working towards that future that you both want. Yeah, those are some of my favorite conversations with my wife is when we're able to say, Hey, once you graduate, my wife's in PA school, which is a graduate program right now too. So I share some of those like same things you're going through and it's expensive. The, yes. Yes, it definitely is. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. All the credit card rewards that we'll take it. Cause we're able, <laughs> like, you're, like you're saying, pay for it in cash, but get some rewards on the back of that. Yeah. But some of the most fun conversations is to say, Hey, down the road, when you graduate, you, maybe you never have to work full time because your salary will be high enough and we'll be, we'll be fine that you can work 
three tens or whatever it is and have four days of the week with kids and family and things like that. And those are just awesome conversations when you're able to get to that point. But it's got to start somewhere with those basics. Like you said, use your budget as a way to funnel your money in the proper direction. But Matt, what do you think about money in a marriage? Why is it so important to talk about? Yeah, well, I, I like what you just said as far as you said, using your budget within the, the context of a marriage and like what you use tools and mm-hmm. in this way, but a budget in particular is a tool, but money is a tool as well. And we, we're kind of talking about this from all different angles, but the, the goal isn't the money in and of itself. And why would you not want to get, if you're married to somebody, this is most like you're likely you're probably should be your absolute best friend. Just like you said, you, you know, your favorite guest is your wife. Totally get it. But I was, I think it's, it was C.S. Lewis that, that, that pointed out that friendship is you and a friend standing side by side and pointing and looking at something saying, isn't, isn't that wonderful? Like, isn't that beautiful? And so the ability for you, maybe whether it is an actual best friend or your partner or your spouse to point at something and say, that is awesome. That is something that is worth pursuing. And so we're talking about goals here and the money is just the the means that are going to allow that yeah. couple to to be able to achieve some of those different goals. And you and Joel are both talking about uh, career and the, the, the ability to, to start a new chapter, start your own practice, whatever that might look like. But I mean, it can be anything, whether it's, okay, let's dream about the time off. Or like there might be a couple that's really into a certain type of vacation and maybe every year they want to take three weeks off or something like that. The ability for them to sit side by side to look off in the distance and to see that thing and say, let's work towards that. Yeah. How do we do that? Uh, I think that's one of the most most beautiful things that money and handling your, your personal finances as well allows you to do. And so many people have a hard time connecting the dots from, wait, but I have a, a 2022 Honda Odyssey or whatever, like versus buying the... 2009 Honda Odyssey and how that impacts the decisions they're able to make on going back to school or on reducing their hours on those other things that might be more valuable and monumental in their lives. It might be a better way to use your money, but um, that's not how money's talked about most of the time. But it's the truest thing about money is that it always involves trade-offs, right? And makes you think um, our friend Paula Pant, who talks about like how instead of buying a new car, she spent three months overseas in like Southeast Asia and people are like, how could you afford, how did you pull that off? And she's like, I just didn't buy a new car. Mm-hmm. But the way we think about it is new car normal three months overseas is crazy. Who's, who can yeah. afford that? Who can do that? Who can pull it off? And, um, but when you, when you uh, figure out what it is that you care about, the most important things to you and you have those conversations and then you connect the dots to like, wait a second, if we do this, this, and this a little bit differently than the average Joe, we're able to do this, this, and this, that, People say is awesome, but nobody really mm-hmm. actually does. Um, and so, yeah, th- those are great conversations that get you started down a path that help you think about what really matters to you, funneling your money in those ways, as opposed to just doing the stock thing that most people do. Yeah, the car conversation is a great one because like like you said, it, all it took was not having a car payment, which if it's a brand new car is six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month, which you can funnel that money in a lot of great ways. But I would yeah. say... Take those, like you said, take those things that you can do slightly better than the average Joe and then do the things that you want to do a lot better than the average Joe because they can't even do them. So I love that. Look at something you can point to and set that target and then make those slight adjustments on the thing that everyone else is doing and 
change your normal, so to speak. But yeah, let, let's talk about your guys' podcast a little bit, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, which is fantastic. What is some of your main financial ideas you've learned in your time podcasting? Oh, that we've learned. I mean, hopefully we haven't learned a ton because from the beginning, we're telling people to do what it is that <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. we just came out of the womb. Brilliant. So there <laughs> is that. Talking about. Uh, uh. <laughs> I will say I'm jesting, but that was yeah, yeah, totally yeah, yeah. true. The I, I like what you said, Skylar, as, as far as like money. It's just it's not just the math. And I think I mean, maybe this kind of goes back to a conversation we we're having earlier as far as what has changed or, or how things have evolved. But I would say personally, what, one of the things I've learned is that you can say that, hey, the best way to pay off debt is for you to tackle the, 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 the balances that have the highest interest rate. Um, when you are crunching the numbers and looking at the math, that makes the absolute most sense. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the best way for everybody out there to do it. And so what, I, what I'm referencing here is just the behavioral side of money that mm -hmm. is so important because if an individual needs some of those, some of those small wins in order to just get that, let's just get that snowball, you, you referenced the debt snowball earlier, but just to get that thing rolling down the hill a little bit, those emotional wins can pay off in a much more significant way than just say attacking the technically largest debt because, or the, the most egregious debt because it has the largest interest rate. And so I think figuring out the different things that resonate with you as an individual, whether that's the things that you're pursuing, the things that light you up and get you excited, or if you are in a position to where you're, it feels like you're climbing out of a hole, the different techniques and strategies that are going to work for you as an individual, that is so much more important than just the, the quote unquote technical correct way of, of, in this case, paying off debt. It makes me think that they're demagogues and comedians do similar things. <laughs> they're both kind of trying to say something that they believe is true, but one of them does it in a much more appealing way, right? I'd much rather go see a stand-up comedy show than go to a political rally with where demagogue is speaking. And I think part of the way you talk about things, like how you how you get it across to people matters so much, right? And I think so much of personal finance has been boring. And um, and unappealing because it doesn't translate to the way people actually live life. And it's been like, here's a here's a 10 rules that you need to live by if you want to get your personal finances in shape. And people automatically tune out <laughs> from mm -hmm. from something like that. They're like, cool, rules suck. Leave me alone. And um, and so I, I guess I think one of the things I've learned is the way you talk about it matters. And we want to talk about it in an appetizing way that helps people understand these trade-offs and the lifestyle that's possible. If you make some of these harder choices, yes, it's not like, it's not necessarily easy, right? Um, and you're not gonna get there overnight. So we wanna bring the reality into the conversation, but we also wanna talk about it in ways where um, it's exciting and it's fun and you can make progress without hating your life. And in fact, it's actually gonna help you hopefully figure out, uh, let, let money be the tool that helps fund the life you want to live, as opposed to thinking about m money in this adversarial way, where it's like, oh, if I only get my crap together, then, you know, I could, I could, you know, make some changes to my life. Um, so I guess, yeah, maybe it's like, when you take medicine you, for a kid you, uh, that's really nasty, you put it in applesauce or something, right? And you, and it's, how can we make something that for so long has seemed like an annoying thing that you have to get a handle on, 
from personalities that are a little more rule-based and rigid, how can we make taking your medicine kind of tasty? I don't know. That's, that's kind yeah. of the way I think about it. So I've, With craft I've beer, learned, that's how you do it. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Instead of applesauce, it's craft beer for you guys. Yes. So there you go. How do you guys recommend people start a conversation? So they're hearing, let's make money fun. Let's point at these goals. How do they start that conversation with a spouse, friend, or peers? I, I mean, what you just said, I think, is, is, is what's key, like pointing to the goals, right? It's, it's, it's less about talking about the money in and of itself. Because, I mean, there's like people have different backgrounds. And for some people, an individual who starts just talking about money, it is a very gauche kind of thing to do right where it's just like oh like man do you hear that guy over there talking about making money or how much he saved for a lot of folks they're like oh cool that's you know savings that because that's tied into the whole consumption part of our brains i think there's a lot more people who where, where that's appealing but certainly the making side of money seems to be and, and certainly how much money you have is it's not a very widely received <laughs> sort of topic. And so I think the ability to then talk about the the goals, the tertiary things that, that money allows us to do, I guess they're not tertiary, they're like the primary things that, that money mm -hmm. allows us to do. And then folks are then asking the question, well, how do they get to take all that time off and go travel? How are you able to say no to that client when everybody else is having to say, having to basically bow and do whatever it is that they say? It's like, well, because we don't necessarily need the money. It's, I'm not going to, we're not trying to shoot ourselves in the foot, but you get to a certain point, And we talked about this on a recent episode. So like there's varying degrees of financial independence and not necessarily from like folks will talk about barista fire or fat fire. Like we talked, kind of talked about it in the freedoms that it allows you to, to, to have. And so when it comes mm -hmm. to like credit card fi, right? So the ability to weather some small inconveniences. But one of those is the ability to what we called was like sabbatical fi. And that's even beyond the risk of losing your job. But for somebody to intentionally say, man, I'm kind of getting tired of this. Let me, I'm actually going to take maybe an entire year off to completely reimagine what it is that I want to do with the rest of my life, rest of my time here on this earth. And again, folks are going to say, how the heck are you on some sort of government like yeah. goal? Yeah. Like how, how are you like, what is going on? But when you have, when you have taken the, the correct steps, uh, made the right moves with your money, it'll, it gives you that flexibility. And yeah. I think for a lot of folks, that would be incredibly appealing. It's just that early on folks, I think oftentimes aren't really asking those questions because they're, you know, like you, once you have some, a steady paycheck coming in, you've made more money than you've ever made before. And you're kind of just thinking about fun ways to spend it in the here and now you're not necessarily looking off into the future. Um, but regardless, I think that that's how right. It's about what the things, uh, the different things that money can do for you. I think focusing on those things, whether it's and for some folks, maybe it is a bigger house. But for a lot of folks, I think it's as you get older, you realize you want to have more control of your time. And I think that can be incredibly appealing for a lot of folks. Yeah. Find that goal. Start talking about that. Like you said, the nuts and bolts are kind of the last thing I would say to come. Like the the goal is the first thing you need to start talking about. And then you can work down from there and break it into smaller pieces. But Joel, what do you what do you say about how you start these conversations? Do you have anything else to add? I think some practical ways to do it are to let's say you've just read a really interesting book or you a podcast or something like you're listening to this podcast. and You're like, man, that th there's this one seed kernel of a thought that germinated in my mind and set something off 
I'll make that a topic of discussion for some, you know, people get together, they have theological mm-hmm. discussions or they have you know, political discussions. Why not have like a, a interesting finance discussion with some of your friends based on like this, this kernel of a thought that's really kind of taken hold in your mind. Um, and, and you can be like, Hey, listen to this podcast episode or listen or read this book and then let's come together and have a discussion. I think that's one really good way um, to do it. And so, yeah, I do think talking about goals is great, but and, and you can also um, use, I don't know, like uh, maybe a struggle you have like, hey, housing prices do seem kind of crazy right now. Is What do you guys think? Renting versus buying? Like where you're, where's your head at? Are you like start? You can have a conversation about that. You don't have to say because there are some personal finance conversations that you, you probably need to know somebody a whole lot better before you get into. Hey, how much do you make? <laughs> or hey, yeah. uh, you know, what's your 401k balance? Like those are pretty pointed specific uh, topics that most people don't want to answer uh, you unless you're really, really good friends. But so you start out more general, right? Like what's your 401k match like at work? Do you guys get a good match or, um, and then people, you might find out that some of your friends are like, what's a 401k, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think there's ways to have the conversation without getting too personal, but to kind of say, hey, I've been kind of thinking about this. I'm kind of going down this nerdy personal finance route. I'm trying to get this stuff together. Is this something you think about too? Um, and and I think that's a an easier way to bring up the discussion. Um, there there are other ways. I think that again probably are a little uh, less appetizing to your friends. They might be like, "Yeah, don't really want to." That shuts down the conversation. But there are are ways that you can ask a thought provoking question, um, or like, "Hey, this feels like an obstacle for millennials right now. Home ownership is this." Where's your head at on this? Like that, that can prompt a great combo. Yeah. Keep it general. Don't dive into the specific numbers. That'll overwhelm people is what I often say. Keep it general. Talk about those broader topics and then you become closer friends. You get more comfortable about money and then you can get into those specifics of saying, Hey, here's my interest rates on my credit cards. How do you think I should pay these off? And then you can get into the numbers. So fantastic. In case someone hasn't heard about your guys' podcast, where can people find you get in touch? Maybe how can they how can they learn more about you guys just head over to howtomoney.com so uh you can learn more about the podcast there we've got the newsletter over there that goes out every tuesday morning but the yeah wherever it is that folks are listening to this podcast money talk with Skylar fleming yeah you can also find how to money so perfect and we should give out matt's cell phone number here just in case anyone wants to call him all hours of the day and night he's available to talk so yeah and joel's social by the way is uh, 266 48 <laughs> yeah your, your phone you number is available from 9 p.m to 9 a.m they can that's only exactly call right. that's uh, exactly right yeah. we, we don't awesome. have babies to wake us up in the middle of the night anymore so we need your phone calls yes there you go well thank you both so much for coming on this has been a blast thanks Skylar. we appreciate it thank you Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. That was a really great interview and thank you so much to Joel and Matt from How to Money for coming on today's episode. I really appreciate them and all the wonderful insights they share. I took a lot of great notes and I have a lot of things here about how you have to make sure you're not taking things only to the extreme and how maybe there's a place for that, but also you might have to slow it down and figure out how you're going to transition in your life. There's also a lot of great things to talk about with money in a marriage a lot of great ways to start a conversation around financial topics. Like Joel said, you don't want to dive right into how much money is in your 401k, how much money do you make? But maybe ask someone say, hey, what's your company's 401k match like? And they may not know what a 401k is. And then you get to have a great conversation teaching somebody 
about an investment vehicle that's likely going to change their life. Think about it. If somebody's not talking about money or not investing money in their 401k right now, and they start doing that because of a simple conversation you had, and they're in their 20s or early 30s, they have so much time to allow that money to grow. Just because you started talking about money, their retirement's going to be able to be more than they would have ever imagined. So make sure you're talking about money. Make sure you're having those simple, high-level conversations to get things started. But again, thanks so much to Joel and Matt for coming on today's episode. Be sure to have a money talk with this episode by sharing it with a friend. Take something that you learned and follow us on social media to look for the clips that I posted from this week's episode and share those with your friends on social media. It's a great way to get money conversations going. Take the little snippet or soundbite from an important part that you liked or from my social media clip, share it to somebody and say, hey, what are your thoughts about this? And then get the money talk going. But thank you for listening to this week's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. This show is provided for informational and entertainment purposes and may not be specific to your unique situation. Please be sure to do additional research before making any financial decisions. 